Hey, it's good to be back with you again. Uh, thank you for uh, just uh, tuning in with us, and I hope you're blessed today. Uh, find the scripture, if you will, Matthew six thirty three. I use it a lot. Going to use it again. Uh, be a place of focus, and I, I want to be able to read it to you. So get your Bible, find your device, and get that ready to go. <clears throat> it says uh, Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be provided for you. Let's, let's pray together. <clears throat> Father, help me uh, to be a plain preacher today, plain for uh, anyone to understand me, even, especially a child. And then Lord, uh, help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation, Lord, if you prompt me with it, uh, I wanna be obedient to speak to it. I, I just trust your timing and all that. And then, Lord, uh, for uh, anybody listening today, uh, anybody with, with us in our online church or with us in person, I, I know that uh, you look at all of us, but you look at me differently because I'm a teacher of your word, and there's a great judgment on my life, a more strict judgment on my life, and I, I accept it, Lord. I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. So in the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. <clears throat> Uh, we've been focusing on God's strength. My preaching, Justin's preaching, Logan's preaching, Robert's preaching. Uh, really not been a series as it has been a focus and you're going, what's the difference? Um, it, it just hasn't been a deliberate series. It's just been something we feel like we need to say to you. Uh, with our pandemic, uh, racial unrest, political unrest, all the things going on of how uh, financial unrest, I had that in there. Uh, our economy, all those things, is how God can strengthen you. <clears throat> but you, uh, you have to ask the question: um, To uh, what? What does He strengthen us to, to do? Uh, let, let me begin with this: Does He strengthen us to get us through? Well, certainly, absolutely. I mean, even in the Lord's Prayer, <clears throat> which is in this chapter, Matthew six. Even in the Lord's Prayer, it talks about our daily needs, where to be bread. And I think the picture of the Lord's Prayer has a daily focus. Don't, you know, today, I don't want to be led into temptation. Today, deliver me from evil. Today, give me my bread. Today, let me forgive people as you have forgiven me. I hope you see that. I think you do. Uh, but if, if God strengthens us, which he does, since he does, what does he strengthen us to do? Well, I'm gonna use this first to answer that question, and that is to live the kingdom life, which becomes our focus. If you will read Matthew 5 and 6, I'm not gonna lead you through all that today. I don't have time. But if this week you'll just look at Matthew 5, chapter 5, chapter 6, it's gonna give you life pictures from Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount, the greatest sermon ever preached, of how the kingdom operates. You'll see pictures of that. Like, for example, instead of getting your enemies back, pray for them. That's the way the kingdom responds. I know you look at enemies, they're out to get you and they, they plot against you, and, and it may be true that they do all that, but the kingdom responds differently than the world or our flesh. And it teaches us how to do that. That's just one little example. <clears throat> so when we look at Matthew 6.33, the Lord tells you, 
the first challenge is seek first the kingdom of God. So the focus is on his kingdom, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But I'm going to deal with just the phrase, seek first. The phrase, seek first, is not necessarily about order. Uh, it'll get there, but it's not about that. It's just about the importance um, if, if importance is understood, then order will happen. Uh, J.A. Bingle is going to come up on the screen, writes, he who seeks that first will seek that only. Uh, we, we look at uh, seeking in the context of the Gospel of Matthew is best illustrated with words like hunger and thirst, uh, which is in the in the Sermon on the Mount. After we we hunger and thirst after righteousness, we go after the kingdom and His righteousness like we do food and water. Uh, and there are times I'm hungry and I will not be denied. Do you know what I'm saying? I am thirsty and I will not be denied. I will do what I've got to do to go get drink or to eat. Uh, so we seek first the kingdom of God is based on two questions that I want to give you today. You might come up with more. I just only want to handle two. One is, one question is, what do I really value? What do I really value in my life? And the teaching of Jesus is, uh, he wants you to value the king and his kingdom. And then the second question I want to pose to you today is, do I worry or do I trust? Um, Matthew 6 has a lot in there about worry uh, and about trusting the Father who cares for you, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. But right now, we're going to focus on the kingdom of God, looking at the question, what do I really value? And he's telling you to value the kingdom of God. Um, the kingdom of God is both present and future. For example, Jesus, his first sermon ever was the kingdom of God is here, meaning it's present. Uh, and then it's also future. There's going to be a, a kingdom that we live in, uh, a new Jerusalem to, that's going to come, a new rule and reign of Christ. Uh, so it's both the now and, as some refer to, the not yet. So if we live in the kingdom of God in our now, uh, what are we doing? Uh, where is that kingdom? Well, that kingdom is in your heart. That's where it is. It's uh, his rule his kingdom rule, his kingly rule in my heart is where it's established. Let me give you a for example. If you're not careful, you and I will look at what's going on in our nation, even our world, and we're going to say, man, those people need to get in line. You know, those people need to straighten up uh, and fly right. That's what my dad used to say. Jeffrey Lynn, you need to straighten up and fly right. That's what my dad will holler out to me. I, I didn't completely get it, but I got it enough. <laughs> what, whatever I was doing was wrong, and I needed to change that. Uh, but if you're not quickly, you and I will take the kingdom of God, and I'm going to go, Tucker, who's behind the camera. Tucker, you need to live right. What's the matter with you? Or I can look at T. Tyra, we call her T, and I can say, man, look at you. But the whole point of the kingdom of God is for me to look at me. That's why the kingdom of God doesn't begin with Tucker and Tyra straightening up and flying right. The kingdom of God begins with his rule in my heart. Before I ever cast focus on any other group of people or even a person, I've got to cast focus on myself. 
Am I letting the kingdom of God rule my heart? Instead of picking and choosing where his kingdom needs to rule their heart, I'm asking, is he ruling mine? So my focus begins with me. So not only is the kingdom of God now, the kingdom of God is future, a literal kingdom, a new, a new Jerusalem. So if you want to understand the now part of it, of the kingdom of God, it's really simply this. It's doing his will. What is the will of God? Uh, and uh, you'll find examples of God's will in chapters 5 and 6 of Matthew and then throughout the gospel. He says, seek first. In other words, make it a level of importance. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. Bible says no one is righteous. None of us. So then how do we get this righteousness? Well, we get it from him. You can't get it anywhere else. You can't work for it. You can't earn it. Uh, it only comes because of what he has done. And he gives us his righteousness. It's even part of what the cross is all about. N not only that, uh, it is uh, the he, he pays my sin debt. And not only that, he also gives me his righteousness. I don't get it anywhere else but from him. So the challenge is to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The kingdom of God and his righteousness are a level of importance to us. So I have to ask another question. What, what do we chase? I, uh, I just want to throw this into you, I, uh, into the sermon today. When I was doing my doctorate pursuing it, I went to Fuller Seminary. Fuller Seminary is in Pasadena, California. And uh, Pasadena is a beautiful place. There's an old Pasadena and a new Pasadena. It's gorgeous. Uh, it's a fast-paced life, but it's slower than L.A. And L.A. is not just a few buildings, even though it is has a downtown. It's more spread out. <clears throat> Flew into LAX all the time. Uh, I would see the... Uh, I would see uh, people who are on the reality shows and, uh, and, and be on a plane with them and see celebrities, lots of different places that you just run up on them. But where I am in Pasadena, and I didn't do anything online, I was out there two and three weeks a year, sometimes more, uh, was not far from Hollywood and Vine, downtown Hollywood. And you can go down there and take the bus tours and see all the celebrity homes and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but there's a, there is the, the walk of fame where the stars are, have their star. They have their celebrities have their star on the road and are on the sidewalk. Um, but I want to tell you, I've been to Hollywood at nighttime and I mean literally downtown Hollywood, Hollywood and Vine several times. I've been down there after midnight. I'm going to tell you, that's the craziest place I've ever been in my life. You you haven't seen crazy till you go down there and watch what comes out after midnight. Uh, and you know what's sad? We chase that stuff. I mean, seriously. We, it becomes the mecca of entertainment where at the theater there, they, they have all the previews and the premieres and people come and snap pictures. And, and, and I mean, we look, we look, we chase style and trends, and some songs bring it up. We chase things that shine. I, I'm, I'm trying to tell you that some of our predicament 
in our own lives, emotionally, physically, and spiritually, is because of what you and I chase. And the picture is, you, you've got to go after the kingdom of God and his righteousness in, in such a way that you're chasing some of the worldly things that you're chasing. Uh, I, I remember distinctly being down there. I, I talked to a security guard, and he just told me the egos. He got to know a lot of the movie stars and the celebrities, and he's talking about their egos. And I, I don't want to take the sermon up and all that, but I'm going, Really? I mean, we, we look at these people to help determine some things in our lives. I mean, you've got to be kidding me. Here's what Jesus is saying. Man, here's what I want you chasing. I want you chasing me, the king. I want you chasing my kingdom, which is his will, his rule in your heart, and my righteousness. And we end up chasing all these other things. Let me ask you a question here. I'm going to meddle. I'm going to be preacher, pastor. I'm going to be question asker, all right? Our, our, uh, just a simple question. Right now, as you listen to me, are you participating in anything that you know without anybody counseling you that you know is against the will of God or it's in opposition of his kingdom? Let me ask that question again. Are you right now, as I speak, and I don't mean right now, I mean it's just in your life, uh, and you're letting it be in your life. Are you participating in anything that you know is against the will of God or is against his kingdom? Wow, so what's the answer to that, if it's yes? What's the answer to that? There is a type of written mood in Scripture called subjunctive mood. <clears throat> and subjunctive mood is a, like a demand or a wish, uh, and it usually begins with the word if. Uh, and it can be positive. Uh, it can say, it like, for example, if you would... Uh, if you would follow the kingdom of God, you know, and then give you what could happen from that. Or it could demand you to stop, meaning like, if you would just stop this, uh, it can have a demand or a suggestion to quit. It can go either way. But there are places in Scripture that has the subjunctive mood, and the subjunctive mood is whatever you're doing that's against the kingdom of God, just quit it. Just absolutely quit it. I mean, there, there comes a time, you all, in, in counsel, in discipleship, where my life exists for one reason and one reason only, and that is to please my king. And not only please my king, but exercise his kingdom in this life. It, it is that. I seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Uh, it can sound, what I'm trying to tell you, can sound like it's legalistic, I'm not talking about works here. I'm just talking about obedience. What this man Jesus has done for me demands my life and demands my all. Absolutely every bit of it. So I really do want to please my king and live and exercise his kingdom. So if I do this, what does this produce? It produces a right priority, a right focus, of importance. And when that happens, I get the order right. And the order is the king, others, and then even ourselves. I want to show you something as you read um, chapter six, which I hope you do. I want you to know that a Jewish way of teaching is to take the lesser and move it to the greater. For example, uh, Jesus would say, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, 
And then the, the picture and the teaching goes, your faith, uh, it, there's a mustard seed, which is just a little bitty thing. And then it moves, it grows into this great big tree or bush. So it's the lesser going to the greater, which is a Jewish way of teaching. And another is, if you look at chapter six in Matthew, he goes from uh, he goes from talking about birds and fields being dressed with flowers and lilies, birds being fed, uh, clothing and food to you. So we go from land and birds, and eventually we those are lesser, and then it moves to something greater, which is you. Uh, and I just want you to know, uh, Jesus uses this teaching to show you how much the Father cares for you. That's what he does. Uh, he cares for birds. He made the dirt and the, and the ground, and he's, he's adorning it with lilies. He said Solomon's not been dressed as good as these fields have. But then he moves it to you, showing you your level of importance in his life, in his care for you, in his life. He asks you to follow the king and the kingdom and to seek it with great importance, not because of what it does for you, but because of what it does for him, but because of what it does for you and how God uses you. I, uh, I, I want to bring this in to how we work and operate in the kingdom of God with just a little story. In the stories about Charles Humpston, Charles has gone on to be with glory. Uh, Charles was an elder in our church. He was far much more than that. He was my Barnabas. If you know who Barnabas is in the New Testament, he was Paul's encourager. Uh, Charles and Gail Humpston walked into my life in 1994, and I miss them. I miss them like crazy. Uh, and I'm, I, I know they're in the best place. But I, he, he mentored me. He loved me. When, when you all don't love me, he loved me, you know? And he believed in my ministry and my calling uh, and, all, and just my leadership. Uh, but I want to tell you how you take the kingdom of God. I want to use Charles as a picture. How you take the kingdom of God and you move this into your everyday life. I want you to see this picture. And I believe God... God ordained this today for me to use this for you. Charles uh, was a leader. He didn't, uh, he didn't ask my permission. Charles just got a group of men, started meeting with them at the Huddle House on Wednesday mornings. It wasn't a church program. It wasn't a Hope Church thing. It wasn't something that I announced and brought up. It wasn't any of that. Charles just put it together, <clears throat> invited people. And if Charles invited you to something, you said yes, or he would not leave you alone. <laughs> I'll say that. Uh, I love that about him. So a group of men, some of them in our church, some of them in other, several other churches, and uh, they would interact with the waitress and they found out, you know, Charles would ask questions. He was a good question asker. <clears throat> and he would ask questions and found out uh, that she needed a septic tank a septic tank. And so Charles just led that. He really felt like it was God's will for them to meet this lady. And so he got all the people together and just went and met with them. And he raised enough money from that group and others to go get uh, and, and, and get a plumber, get it all taken care of, get it, get it in the ground, get it hooked up. 
I know you're going a septic tank, but I mean, he so he did. He blessed that waitress with a septic tank. Here's 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 here's. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you in on a secret. Okay, don't you tell anybody. You just keep it between me and you. But I'm giving you a picture of how I'm trying to turn our church around. Okay, I'm gonna give you a picture. Just shh, you just keep that between me and you. All right, don't you tell anybody else. This picture of Charles Humston's life is what I'm trying to get us to do. When this happened, Charles didn't call me up and go, our benevolence committee needs to meet and help this lady. Charles didn't call me up and say, hey, listen, we, uh, we as a church need to help them. He didn't do that. Charles knew that God had ordained that meeting with him. And it was him that needs to live out the kingdom response to it. You are so ingrained that if any, when the Lord hooks you up with people and needs and he connects you, your automatic thinking is, I'll call Pastor Jeff and I'll call our leadership and I'll call our staff and we'll get our church benevolence and we'll get them on it. When the whole reason is he's intended you to do it. He's intended you to do it. And I love Charles. I, I carry uh, his daughter, Becky, gave me a coin. It's called, uh, it's not really a coin. It's just a little carry that I will be done. And I carry it in my pocket. Charles carried it in his pocket every day. And Charles would just look to be on mission. And you're going, well, why didn't he let the church do it? The church did do it. He is the church. I, I want you to be able to see that God gives us these kingdom moments and a lot of times we're just going, okay, I'll take them and give them to my church leadership when it's intended for you to do it. They paid for it. It didn't come out of our benevolence fund. They did it. God had blessed them to be able to take care of this lady's septic tank. And I know Charles, and I know that group of guys, they even did more. And some of you listening to me today were a part of that group, and you know this story. Uh, God uses you to lead and live the kingdom life in other people. That is the church doing it. I'm, I'm working hard. Don't tell everybody now. I'm working hard to chart that mind thing along when God gives you a person and ordains you that he's gonna help supply the need for you to do that kingdom act, which is the next part of the verse. I've gotta get on with this. I've, I'm, I'm full of preaching today. He says, uh, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be provided for you. God gave Charles the moment of helping that waitress with a septic tank. And then he supplied it. He took care of it. Your, your mind thinking is, I don't want to handle this. I want to turn it over to Pastor Jeff or Logan or the church or a committee or an elder group or whatever. When God has designed it for you, let me tell you what you're missing out on. You're missing out on how God supplies you to live the kingdom life. Uh, the, he does, he, he promises to supply a kingdom life. He doesn't promise to supply your selfish life. He doesn't promise to supply you chasing the world's goods. He doesn't, he doesn't supply that. He supplies you so that you can do the kingdom life. Let me ask you a question. Who has he put in your life recently? What'd you do? Turn them over to us or did you handle it because God said he was supply? His focus is on his kingdom and he's on your reaction and our response to it. Uh, I want you to know he cares for you deeply, lesser to the greater. 
He wants you to focus on the kingdom of God so that he can supply that life and use you to touch with other people and to help to touch the needs of other people. So we go back, what do I really value? And uh, he's saying, value the kingdom of God and the king. And do a warrior trust because the, the teaching of worrying is all through chapter six. He wants you to trust. Why? Because he absolutely cares for you. Uh, the, he strengthens us to do this stuff, to live a kingdom life, respond with a kingdom reaction, and right on down the line. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Here comes a beautiful promise. And all these things will be provided for you. You're going to have story after story about how God supplied your life to bless other people. But where does it all begin? It begins in your heart. Not me finding somebody else that needs it, but it begins with me. What do I value and do I worry or trust him? Before I leave you for a moment, I just want to give you two or three little things um, our uh, little bit of housekeeping here. Our Joash chest is going to be next Sunday. Uh, we're going to lead you online how you can participate in that and challenge you with that. It's a day of giving and investing into our church. And uh, you can go online and read about that, hopecommunitychurch.net, or you can go to our Facebook page and see it as well and what we do. So uh, I want to thank you in advance for believing in our ministry and investing in our ministry. It is getting larger. You're not able to see it like I do, but it is handling people in areas nationally and even internationally. So I just want to thank you in advance for that. You can plug in missionally with Christmas, Operation Christmas Child. I often call it Operation Christmas Box because it is a box, but it is Operation Christmas Child. On our Facebook page and others, you can find out how to give to that. Let me tell you, if you need something missionally, angel trees happening all over, you know, get an angel off a tree, get that taken care of. There's CASA groups. There's all kinds of groups of where you can give to that. Salvation Army's coming up. We're going to be ringing the bells uh, again, and the money raised stays in Anderson and Franklin County area. So I want you to know that. You may want to come and sign up with that. Uh, and then uh, get ready for Advent, okay? What do you do? Go get your candles. Look it up online. You're going to need five candles. You're going to need a peace candle, a love candle, a joy candle, a hope candle, and a Christ candle. And then we're going to be working on all that together, okay? God bless you. It's good to see you. You can live this kingdom life, and he promises to supply that kingdom life. And you get on with it, all right? God bless you. And as we often say, and T's going to sign, grace and peace to you.